2: How would you rather feel? Lost in a sea of stats, averages, and injury reports? Just breathe, dude. Or swimming in the warm waters of confidence that comes from having the winning edge? We thought so. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network.
3: I mean, you can't even make that stuff up. Zach, please, Zach, uh, fractures his thumb, taking his shirt off. I mean, that's pretty aggressive. <laughs> derobing robing there, fella. Calm down. All right, it's coast to coast. I'm Pharrell, hour two. We start with the fight game, obviously, with Mafia, Brian Ciano. Uh, first of all, I want to say this. I know we're going to talk about 264. It's so stacked with Connor and Diamond, Burns, Thompson, O'Malley, and Smolka. That is phenomenal. It's so good that no one is talking about Adesanya Vittori. And then the Nate Diaz Edwards card, which is 263, they've, like, jumped that card. They're so excited about the 264, moth.
4: Well, listen, always that July card gets so much attention, so much hype, it gets loaded. That's always like we have you know talked about before. That's usually International Fight Week. That's when they have the, you know, the big convention for UFC fans that come into Vegas. I don't know if that's happening this year. We'll have to see. I mean, Vegas is wide open, so it wouldn't surprise me if they do do that. But they usually stack that card in July, so it's not surprising it's so big. But it is surprising when you have, you know, an Adesanya fight that people are overlooking it. I mean, this guy is one of the most exciting fighters and, and champions in the UFC. One of the most exciting guys they've had in a long time. And he's definitely not getting enough respect. And, of course, you know, you get a Diaz back. Usually people go crazy for it, but, you know, they're kind of overlooking it because of how stacked that July card is. But, come on, don't sleep on it. That's going to be an awesome fight.
3: So, you know, just so you know, like Vegas is back, and everybody's partying, and everybody's going out and going to casinos, going to restaurants, everything else. But, in reality, at T-Mobile last night, they had 12,000 fans there, and that place is about 20,000. So, they are not letting them in full yet. It'll be interesting to see if they're in full when it's Fury Wilder at Allegiant Stadium because I'm hearing from my sources today that only 40,000 will be allowed in that fight right now.
4: That's crazy. I mean, the whole reason you put that there is to get the biggest crowd you can. That's why they're putting in these stadiums. That's why they've gone to places like Florida where they went to Jacksonville and they could pack it. They could pack it at Houston. I mean, I think when they were first reporting that that 264 card in Vegas in July, they were saying that they're going to have a full house. I don't know. Maybe things have changed down there in Vegas and T-Mobile. But, you know, hopefully they get as many people as they can, because that's what boxing and MMA and these fight sports need. They need the fans. You're not making enough money off the pay-per-view. These guys need fans to be there for ticket sales to make that really big cash.
3: So Oliveira vows to make history against Connor or Poirier. Uh, A new era has begun, he says. I think, uh, you know, I'm not as excited about that third fight as everybody else is. Uh, You know, uh, I think it'll be great. I thought the second one was unbelievable with Poirier. I'm just not that stoked like everybody else is, to be honest with you. Do you think Oliveira can beat either one of those guys?
4: Listen, I've been with you about that third fight. I said after the second fight, I don't want to see it again, but they're talking about rematch. I said, why? He kicked his ass. It wasn't a, you know, a flash knockout. Right. It wasn't a close fight, all five rounds with a split decision. Kicked his ass. He didn't deserve a third fight. Poirier should have been fighting for the belt against Oliveira in the first place. It should have been Oliveira Chandler. It should have been Oliveira Poirier. And now hopefully we get to see that. I hope that this delay and this extra fight that we're doing in between doesn't screw that matchup up. And Poirier goes down to McGregor for some reason. So I think, you know, Poirier should win that fight. He is the better fighter. And Oliveira against, you know, either of them, it all depends on who he gets. You know, because if he gets McGregor, what's he going to do? What everybody does. Take McGregor down. That's all you have to do. You know, that's the big thing is take him down. That's what Khabib did. That's what other guys have done. If he gets Poirier, that's a different fight because Poirier is great on the ground, even though we know him for the knockout of McGregor, his stand-up. He is a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. He is a guy who's well-versed in the ground. So we'll see how that matchup, you know, stylistically goes if it's those two. I think it's a much better fight if it's those two than if McGregor somehow wins and shoehorns his way into a title shot. He doesn't deserve
3: we welcome in our radio affiliate SiriusXM, Channel 204, our satellite partners, Mightier 1090 in San Diego and all of Southern California. Yeah, 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 be Sports Map Radio, Sports Byline, USA Armed Forces Radio. It's for all Coast-, Coast Coast. We're talking the Fight Game with Mafia. Who's next for Thug Rose? Don't give me Zhang again. Give me this chick that won this weekend.
4: Well, that's the thing. You know, Dana White says he isn't sure yet. I mean, before this weekend, this is the first time that the Cookie Monster, Carla are really impressed. She had four wins in a row before that, but they were all by decision. Two of the, the last two were by split decision. It was all of, you know, kind of dragging you down and laying and praying. It wasn't anything where she took you down and beat you down. This weekend was the first time she did that. So by rankings and by, you know, the win streak that she has, it should be her. But for some reason, Dana's kind of dragging his feet, talking about maybe Zhang Wengale. But she only had one title defense before she fought Thug Rose and got knocked out. Again, it wasn't a close fight. It wasn't a fight where, oh, we really need to see that again. We need to run it back right away. This wasn't a long-running champion who got upset. This is a, a woman who had the belt but had it very shortly and got knocked out. Move on, go to somebody else. So I guess next up then is Esparza.
3: So do you like Tiago Santos, Johnny Walker set up for September 25?
4: I do. I think that's going to be a violent fight. Johnny Walker is a very exciting striker. He was a guy who was getting a lot of hype in that division, working his way up. Then he lost two in a row. Now he's bounced back in his last fight against Spawn. Of course, Thiago you know, is a guy who we know is a very big knockout power artist. You know, He was all the way running up to the top, had a title shot, then was fighting for another chance at the title and just got tossed around by Teixeira. So these are two guys who want to get that winning going, and they're going to throw down. This isn't going to be one where these guys grapple and, and clinch and you know, bore you to death. These guys are going to try to take each other's heads off, and we're going to love it.
3: Are you buying this uh, story about the interview Tyson did that uh, Habib was offered $100 million to fight Floyd Mayweather?
4: It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, all we you know, keep hearing are these names thrown around about these mega fights between MMA and boxing. And Floyd obviously did it with Conor. And then Khabib was the even, you know, not the bigger name as far as draw, but he is the better fighter. So sh- it wouldn't surprise me if they threw that, you know, I don't know if it was straight up 100 million. It wouldn't surprise me though if they threw that kind of fight around because that's what Floyd's doing now. He's going to pick and fight his guys as he always has. But he's going to pick and fight guys who aren't going to beat him. And Habib's a great wrestler, but not a great boxer. So that would have been completely in Floyd's wheelhouse.
3: Uh, real quick, Fabio Trash Sanchez. What did he say about him?
4: Basically, called him a drug addict and an alcoholic and a bad father. It was just ridiculous. <laughs> this guy went all out on him after he cut ties with him. Man,
3: he's a junkie and a bad father. What a way to end the fight segment. <laughs>
0: The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? (laughs) That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a
5: month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day.
3: All right, here he is, straight from Harvard. Our legal and sports business insider, Rick Harrow, also uh, tabbed an ingenious hot dog insider. The delicacies of the hot dog at stadiums and arenas around the world. No one knows more about the joyous pleasures of a hot dog with mustard and onions like Rick Harrow. All right, Rick, we've talked about Phil Mickelson for two days, so let's get down to business on this. I want to know... Uh, it was very dangerous what happened on 18, although I thought it was the best thing I've ever seen for golf since Tiger, since Nicholas, uh, since Arnold Palmer. They've all had it happen to him. It was scary for Kepka, I'm sure, but if he was winning, I'm sure he probably wouldn't have said the same things. Here's the deal. I thought it was unsafe for Phil as well. Very dangerous. But I thought it was great for golf. And what were the sponsors? They must have been drooling over Mickelson winning with as many people that he's in bed with financially.
2: Amgen, Callaway, Heineken, Workday, KPMG, Rolex, uh, Mizzen and Main. And that's just for starters. You know, there was a rumor that Phil uh, had had enough and uh, he was turning 50 and he would play an occasional Champions Tour major, go to the booth at CBS and call it a day. That's not happening again, especially with the U.S. Open at Tory and with all of his sponsors, as you said, salivating all over this. And this thumbs up, I'm copywriting it, and he's going to be making a whole mint on that as well. As far as Kepka's comments, well, he did say... To put him in a difficult position, and he did thank Phil for being competitive, and he wished he could have won. He just got the order of those a little bit mixed up. I'd have started with Phil, and then I would have gone to the other issue. But hey, major knee surgery, and it felt like he was running through the Pittsburgh Steelers. So uh, I don't know what you could do about it. Seth Waugh, the CEO of of COO of the uh, PGA of America, did issue a very heartfelt. Uh, apology about t- crowd control. That wouldn't help if uh, somebody re-injured their knee. But uh, I think it's one and done and it's over. And as you said, it's great for golf. It was unbelievable for golf. I'm not sure we can debate this and nobody has the right answer, but it is, is it as big as, as Jack in 86? Is it as big as Tiger in 19? I, I think it may be bigger.
3: I agree. It was bigger. He's 50. He's not 46. And we've already seen Tiger uh, win majors out the Ying to see a guy do that at 50 on that brutal golf course. Because I can golf and I had a buck five out there and I was in more trouble than a felon playing on that golf course. I mean, it ate me alive. So what he did on that course in those conditions, which brought the best players in the world to their knees, and he at 50 winning, that was crazy. How about what he did for bettors? I mean, he loves betting himself.
2: You put a grand up, you make 300 grand. That's, uh, you know, that's pretty good. And uh, he does like betting himself. And all of the deals that the PGA Tour, PGA of America, the RNA, and others have done in golf, let's remember – that uh, golf over in in England, you bet uh, on the event uh, at the venue for the last 30 years. So this would have been nothing. But now with the proliferation of walking up and placing your bets and do it over mobile phones, uh, Phil is a spokesman for taking a risk. Uh, And now he's made a whole lot of people, a whole lot of money.
3: Carver High only had about 75 tickets per day on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. No wonder his wife doesn't talk to him anymore. The guy's got a massive gambling problem with golf. He used to bet on hockey like a man. Now he bets on golfers no one's ever heard of. He's got all kinds of issues. No wonder uh, he's going to sleep in a rubber room tonight as well like Tristan Jari. By the way, this just in, I said earlier today on this show that... Wayne Gretzky quit as vice chair of the Oilers because he's gonna take a job with TNT. He took the job with TNT during this very show. He's gonna be a hockey analyst on TNT.
2: Well, and by the way, uh, TNT is now uh, gonna put a lot of promotion involved in hockey. uh, And I guess uh, he'll feel like he is the Charles Barkley of hockey. I'm not sure that's the right analogy, but TNT is sure throwing a lot of money at the streaming of it. They're sure throwing a lot of money at the promotion of it. It's the money that NBC did not care to spend at the time, and now the combination of TNT and Turner uh, and ESPN are going to do it right, so right that Gretzky is going to try to figure out how to take advantage of it. And by well, the way, one quick some- thing for you. Yeah, one quick thing for Carver High. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but, you know, you, you're betting on uh, your your golf, but uh, how about betting on the Sabres? That would be a, a, a instant uh, a trip into Looney land, right?
3: That would be, or betting that the Browns would have the worst record in football this year. A guy bet all kinds of money on that. That's not going to cash either. I will say, I hope TNT does a better job than NBC with their studio hosts. It's like watching ambient uh, television. Uh, Get somebody with some personality in there that's entertaining. They had it in Jeremy Roenick, fired him. They've never been the same since. You got to have someone like Barkley in there and Shaq like they do in basketball because if they have the same boring-ass Hockey announcers, people are gonna fall asleep. NBA playoffs, what are the home court disparities in the NBA playoffs in terms of the attendance?
2: Two words for the former question, then I'll go to the next one. Don Cherry, how about that? Uh the the, the bottom line of the NBA playoffs is that it's all about the capacity restrictions. The Knicks almost full. Look how motivated they were with the fans. How about the Nets? Best team money can buy almost full you go to LA you still only have 6,000 people it's becoming an issue last year it's the bubble everybody has the same advantage or disadvantage no home court this year hey the bottom line is if you have a home court you've had a better record you played a better season you deserve it and you earn it and the home court is a bigger advantage this year because some are more in for COVID and some do not
3: Tell me about the AT&T Discovery uh, deal with uh, Warner Media's entertainment sports and news assets, what that means.
2: Well, it means, like everything else now, we're streaming and we're streaming and more streaming. This is a giant media company. We now understand that there will be uh, another Uh, mega merger coming down the pipe, too. We see Peacock and NBC. We see Paramount Plus and CBS. This one is a full content merger. And the prediction will be over the next three or four years that we're going back to basics. Remember, when we were just children, we had four networks and that was it. Then we go to 500 stations. Now, in some irony because of streaming, we're all coming back to the mega companies snapping up all of the rights fees and we may only have a few mega companies to choose from we're in a lot more choices we're going to have every game on every channel but the bottom line is we may only have a few companies delivering it long term
3: Uh, i'm going to read this from mafia in the back the producer right now should we show the clip of rick making bombs during the war when he was a child no i don't think we should show that clip (laughs)
2: Yeah, I would respond right now, by the way, but I really can't because I value the long-term sports-grade relationship. That's all uh, I
3: Telemundo gets the Super Bowl rights. That's the first time that's happened for a Spanish television network.
2: Guess what? It's another way to generate more money for the NFL. NFL loses $4 billion last year. Fitch, the bond rating service of big businesses, an A+. Why? Because – Television, 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 the new $110 billion deal. That's even before Telemundo piles on here. Labor peace with the NFL. I'm taking the global picture here. The NFL, you can't go wrong. And if you're going to sell a franchise today, talking about that with a few existing owners today for other reasons, you'd start at about 5 or $6 billion for any team in the NFL and see what you
3: can get. Respectfully I have 45 seconds. How about the Amazon WNBA deal?
2: Hey, streaming again, the bottom line is you have more product to offer. Amazon becomes this major player in the space, just like Thursday night NFL football. This is another road into the NBA and certainly into basketball. And you're going to see more and more of Amazon wrapping this stuff up. It's the biggest deal, Amazon's capitalizing structure today that Amazon bought uh, then when Amazon bought Whole Foods. 15 10 15 years ago a little less than that but this is another big deal hold on to your seats we're all about streaming and vertical integration that's the deal and mafia i will see you a little later you and i are gonna have a a heart to talk next week we'll
3: show show rick walking (laughs) to school with a horse and carriage
1: (laughs) (laughs) where that come from yeah that's not bad
0: the slice of skates cutting across the ice but what about this one <laughs> that's the sound of all the sports you love all at once starting at forty dollars a month experience it
5: all live with sling sling everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day
3: All right, all back on Coast to Coast. I wanted to give a shout-out to Sarah, doing a great job today running the show for Ty, who's drunk on his birthday, uh, celebrating his 27th today, slammed on about five shots of tequila and ten beers. He's a mess. He can't even get off the couch. He's fallen on the floor. Thank God for Sarah. Also, Sarah doing a great job of muting me during breaks so as to not let everyone hear how foul-mouthed I am and a horrible person in general. Good job, Sarah. Love you. All right, here we go. Uh, Adam Kaplan's our NFL insider. He can verify my bad language at this very I'm actually
7: writing it. I actually wrote it down, and I actually translated it. So if we ever have to use it, I could translate it for the folks out there.
3: All right, let's start with the Bears. I'm always interested in a Fields update. I'm excited about him. I think he's going to be a stud in the NFL.
7: Yeah, so I alluded to this on our segment on Friday. Look, here's the deal with, with Justin Fields. The Bears continue to say Andy Dalton's going to be the starter this season, and I get it. But as I think you and I could recall when Russell Wilson, I know he was drafted in the third round in, in 2012. Uh, it was all about Matt Flynn. I know people forgot about Matt Flynn. The guy's supposed to be the starter for the Seahawks, and we know how that ended. Uh, Justin Fields has gotten off to a really good start. It, it, again, only in the rookie minicamp. But here's what I'm told. he uh, came in, great attitude, very coachable, very confident, has an edge. And here's the big thing. He wants to be great. Now, what does that mean? It means soaking everything in. The, 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 the people who were there, uh, practice observers who were there, could tell he just came in with an attitude that, hey, listen, I'm new to this. I'm new to this football team. I want to take it all in. I want to be coached hard, and I want to learn. And everything that I've heard from Bear sources has been terrific. I understand it's a rookie minicamp. camp. He's really not competing for a starting job there. But the good thing is here, compared to Mitchell Trubisky in in 2017 when he was taken way too high, where he was a little bit um, green, to say the least, Justin Fields looks like a guy who knows he's a first-round pick and is going to be the guy at some point this season. Uh, Don't know how early that's going to be, but the good thing is he came in with the right attitude, and that does count. There's no question about it.
3: So it was a strong rookie camp, and they get uh, the vets in
7: there starting next week. Is that about right? Yes, yeah, so this is yet another team, Scott. We talked about this last week, where we have an adjustment in the schedule. Presumably, uh, Matt Nagy, the head coach, and their leadership canceled the players, they came to an, an agreement because they were supposed to practice this week. Well, it's starting the OTA schedule. It, it is now starting next week, which tells you there's been some kind of revision with the schedule, which has been negotiated through the coaching staff and some of the players. So you've got that. And that's when the when the clock starts. So when Justin Fields with the veterans, whoever, whichever veterans are going to come in here, that is when the the, the clock starts for him. I understand that they think he's going to be their third-string quarterback to, at least to start the season, but let's just be realistic here. They traded up with this quarterback. It's not a matter of if he's going to start. It's going to be a matter of when, whether it's week one, five, eight, whatever. Justin Fields is going to play this season and probably earlier than most people expect.
3: Adam, do you think that uh, the track record of Ohio State quarterbacks in the NFL has been dismal to say the least? I mean, just horrific, let's be honest. Do you think he can crack that egg and go out and become something in the NFL and be a badass?
7: I do because, first of all, if you look at all the metrics for this player, right, arm strength, smarts, athleticism, toughness. There's a lot to like. Now there's some challenges there at Ohio State. It was what um, coaches would say he's more of a one and a half read quarterback based on the tape study. This stuff is very easily correctable because it's not his fault. This is what they gave him. He'll be coached up big time by Matt Nagy, who we mentioned. Uh, what I like is Bill Lazor is a guy who's their offensive coordinators work with a lot of quarterbacks. John D. Filippo is the guy who, who who managed Wentz for two years, and you saw what happened to Wentz after D. DeFlippo left. So you've got a great staff here to develop this quarterback. Um, They've got really good pass targets there. I like this situation because compared to, to Haskins, who was drafted way too early, was not ready, this kid has got it all going on here. But they cannot rush it. But, again, he's going to play this season. It's not a matter of if. It's just a matter of when. Do you believe that the
3: Steelers can fix
7: Haskins with their coaching staff? Going to be hard because again, now the, the good thing is, is with another staff that wants that wants him, a, a front office that wanted him. Uh, there's no rush to do anything. Ben Roethlisberger's the starter here, but the Steelers do not know who the future is after Roethlisberger retires, and who's who's to say he won't come back for another season in 2022. But Haskins, whether he should have been a first pick, a first round pick or not, was this guy's got gifts. He, he has talent, but the maturity was the issue with, with Haskins. I think everybody knows that. And the fact that he's been released by a team, the team that drafted him, Washington, and he, he got humbled, this could be his last chance here in, P- in Pittsburgh.
3: So let's talk about Aaron Rodgers. I said on the show today prior to you coming on, and I'll say it to you. It's simple to me. They have to get rid of Gutenkoost if they want Aaron Rodgers back in Green Bay. It's obvious that's who he doesn't like. And I don't believe for one minute he's not, uh, like, you know, Insulted by the Love draft pick. I think from the jump, that bothered him. But I think what really bothers him is Guttenkust. They talk about culture, building a team, building a franchise. That's all Guttenkust on his plate. That's who he's blaming for his problems. They need to get rid of that guy, or he needs to step down, one or the other.
7: Look, Guttenkust is there as a a program builder. He's been with the the franchise for well over a decade. They're not getting rid of him. Uh, But you are right. By the way, you are right his venom is clearly to the general manager. I mean, everybody knows this. And it, it stems from the lack of communication with this draft pick uh, of Jordan Love. And as, as Roger said on uh, SportsCenter with uh, Kenny Main on ESPN, he doesn't have an issue with Jordan Love, Rogers. And I'll translate kind of that interview. It's what we've, we've said now for about five weeks here. The lack of communication from the general manager to the quarterback. You know, it's one thing – if he would have told him a week, a day before the draft, now again with the, the COVID issue, it's hard to do it in person. But he calls him and says, "Hey, listen, this is what we're looking to do here. If Jordan Love is there at our pick, we're probably going to do, we're probably going to take him. We want you to know that." Rogers never found out about it until uh, most people know this who cover the team either right before or right after. That's not the way you treat your franchise quarterback. The communication here has been absolutely brutal. Gunkus actually talked about that when he was asked about it. When the, when the story broke about um, you know, Rodgers not being happy and all that, uh, in terms of of not wanting to be there, wanted to, not wanting to be a Packer anymore, uh, he actually talked about and said his communication could have been better. But we know covering the National Football League, when you have a star quarterback, and when you're with them like Gunn Kuz has been for well over a decade, you know this guy's a super type A personality. You have to manage him a certain way. To not communicate with this guy properly is, is, is pathetic. I mean, let's call it like it is. And this is why we're here right now. There's no question about it. And I, I, get, I give Rodgers credit. I know he's, he's tight with Kenny Mean, That was very clear in the interview. But how funny isn't it ironic that in 2005, when the Packers drafted Rodgers, remember, they, there was no inkling they were going to do this because the Packers, were, were the plan was never to draft Rodgers. They actually tried to trade out of 24. Uh, they couldn't find a trade partner. So they went with the best player on the board. And Favre was blindsided just like Aaron Rodgers was. Sixteen years later.
3: Well, listen, I have to tell you, I, I know you certainly uh know more than me inside NFL circles about the uh shenanigans that go on with the power structure of these franchises. Fair enough. But I gotta tell you, I don't believe for one minute that koos is safe in Green Bay. I, I do not believe anyone is not expendable in any job, anywhere, any day, any time. He is the brunt of this problem. He knows it now. He's been aware that he's been the brunt of it. I believe they have to get rid of him or he has to step down. Like I said, I don't care if he's been there 10, 20 years. He's the reason Aaron Rodgers is miserable. And if you want Aaron Rodgers to play for the Packers moving into the future, that guy has to go. It's that
7: simple. Come August, my friend, when if Rodgers is not reporting to camp, they're going to have to make a decision. That's what's, That's what it's going to come down to whether they trade him or not, if Rodgers holds fast. And by the way, this guy holds grudges. I mean, you talk to anyone who knows him. Any, any of the reporters that I know have covered him for, for obviously for 16 years. Right. When he has an issue with someone, he doesn't usually forgive them. So this this situation bears watching over the series of weeks and months towards training camp.
3: Listen, I, how in God's name are you going to live with – if that guy, not you, but but Packers, the, the franchise, the fans, they are going to blame that guy forever. If that guy does not play for the Packers this year, Kus's career in Green Bay is over already. It's over. He will be dead man walking in that job as sure as I'm sitting here. Now let's talk about Drew Locke. I think Drew's imagining things. First of all, he says all those quarterbacks they mentioned replacing him, it didn't bother him. He's lying about that. Second of all, he's not better than any of them. Third of all, Teddy Bridgewater's better than him. This kid needs to reshuffle the deck, Adam.
7: Well, he look, the bottom line is, and you, you and I actually talked about this a couple months ago. Oh, now we can revisit it. He was told very clearly that there would be competition. Now, remember now, they, they decided not to take a quarterback, Justin Fields, at number nine. They passed on that, and they... That player and they took a cornerback, Patrick Sertain the II, who, who's a very good football player. Cornerback was not a current need. It's more of a future need for them, which opens up the Aaron Rodgers discussion. But the bottom line is when you look at the situation, Teddy Bridgewater to me is the favorite, not Drew Locke. Why? Remember, the general manager uh, was with him. George Payton was with him in Minnesota when he was drafted in 2014. He knows him very, very well. Drew Locke is on borrowed time here. I, I, I mean, the, the bottom line is Teddy Bridgewater is an experienced starter. But the reason why Carolina didn't want him, checks down to the ball too much, was not good enough last season, The, the starting quarterback of the future, we're talking past this season, is probably not on the team.
3: I still think they want Aaron Rodgers and will do a deal in a heartbeat if they can get their hands on him. I don't think they actually in all likelihood believe in either one of them, Bridgewater or Locke. They'd rather have Rodgers. I'll tell you what, great stuff today, Adam, per usual. We'll see you again on Friday. Right simple. If they choose Brian Guttenkust over Aaron Rodgers, what's uh, that saying? Well, I'll tell you what it's saying. It's saying that they don't believe that Aaron Rodgers can play for more than two or three more years and that time will eventually catch up with him, like they've been saying about Tom Brady for the last 10 years. They don't believe that he can keep playing at this level and that Love will be the quarterback. I do not believe – I cannot accept – that Brian Gutenkoost will be chosen over Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. I stand by what I said. He's got to go. He's got to leave, step down, or be fired, one of the above. And that's how you get Aaron Rodgers back to work.
8: If they fired Gutenkoost, Rodgers would leave that Hawaiian vacation that he's on right now. He would come home, go to OTAs for two days, uh, you know, and then fly back to Hawaii and finish the vacation. That's how badly he would want Gutenkoost gone, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, baseball time for you now, Scotty. We have a lot of games tonight, full slate, etc. Let's start with last night. White Sox beat the Cardinals five to one. Our favorite leadoff hitter on coast to coast, the Hall of Famer Tony Larusa, pleased with the win last night. Here's Tony.
6: Good ball game because you know Kim was pitching very well, uh, but Lance. This was a stallion. I mean, he went out there and uh, had a couple of chances against great pitches. Got through seven innings. You know, it was outstanding. And the guys, you know, everybody kept battling their at bats. Uh, Andrew, again, has come up huge. I mean, he's really finding his way, and it's exciting to watch. You got to give Yermi a lot of credit. I mean, he, you know, he started a couple of rallies with base hits. Then he had the run. So overall, you know, he played good defense, but everybody took a good at bats. And then Michael, I mean, it's fun to watch him.
3: I wanted to go to lunch or dinner with Tony and just watch him talk for like an hour and a half. I really do. Uh, Don't we have Lance Lynn talking about his psyche? This is great.
8: We do have Lance Lynn because Lance Lynn got his first win over his old team, the St. Louis Cardinals. He was very pumped up about the win. He even wanted to tell you that he's always been, well, a little bit of a, let's just say a jerk, Scotty, to be nice. Here's Lance Lynn.
4: Is that body language
2: thing always been there, that aggressiveness? Uh, or has it been
3: refined? I've always been an asshole. I've always been an asshat. That is fantastic footage right there.
8: (laughs) The Marlins win their third in a row, 9-6 over the Phillies. More bad injury news, though, for Philadelphia. Bryce Harper now goes on the IL. He's been hurt for days. Uh, They haven't put him on the IL. They finally decided it was time, so Bryce goes on. The Rockies beat the Mets 3-2. The immortal, Austin Gomber, two hits in eight innings for the Rockies. The Mets are going to be without uh, Michael Conforto and Jeff McNeil until late June. They're losing players by the hour, by the inning. Louis Rojas, the Met manager, on just the awful state of affairs with their injuries. Here's Louie.
4: I gotta use the word challenging, yes. It's it's challenging, man. It, these things keep happening, um uh, you know, be, and it's happened a lot because uh I think the way we play, right? The guys play hard, they play they play it up to one speed and uh but I think uh the group understands after it happens. So even though we we react uh, uh in the moment saying like, oh you know, not again. I think we just get back into it. I mean, you guys saw the way we ended up playing. They're just pushing it again. And uh, um, this stuff is challenging, yes. Um, you know, losing another another guy in the middle of the game there and uh, having some moving parts. And, you know, we ran out of players there.
3: Listen, I do not understand for the life of me, to be honest with you, how these guys in baseball get injured so much. Uh, it is so unbelievable to me. Like do, do your buddies play like beer league softball like every three, four nights a week and they, they, they're drunks, they smoke dope, they fat and they never get injured. They just keep playing. the guy's hauling ass, diving into second head first, never gets injured. A guy's got cuts and bruises all over him, never misses a game. I play with broken feet, play basketball with broken feet, every injury in the world. I play hockey players get shot with 100 miles an hour in their knees, shins, ankles, hands, face, teeth, and they never miss games. Baseball players fart. And they're out two weeks. Guy passes a fart and he's out for two weeks. I mean, baseball players have to be the softest candy-ass athletes in the entire world. It is unbelievable to me how Stanton and Judge get injured and these guys get injured. It's left or right. The entire Mets team is injured. For what reason? Is it all the winning? Does winning cause injuries? I don't understand. You stand in the outfield scratching your onions, spitting dip and bubble gum, and you pull every muscle in your body swinging a baseball bat? It makes absolutely no sense to me whatsoever. I have to ask Dr. Chow about it. Why do baseball players get so effing injured all the time? It's unbelievable to me. You can't even explain it to me.
8: There you go. So you have your lead with Dr. Chow on Friday. Why do the baseball players get hurt all the time. You know I saw right. a dude earlier. Uh, you are right. In fact, I saw a guy in the Mets pregame. I guess it was Vargas who got hurt yesterday. I mean, he's sitting there with a sling on in, in the interview today, and hes they're not putting him on the IL yet. Like He's like, they're still waiting on an MRI. The guy's sitting there in a sling. I think <laughs> he's
3: hurt. The guy that, like, you know, how about what, the I'm, guy <laughs> that broke his thumb <laughs> taking his shirt off? Please, Zach.
8: Oh, it's too much. It really is. It's amazing. Uh, Also with the Mets, we're not done. Pitcher Jordan Yamamoto slammed the Met fans on Twitter for harassing his wife. Honestly, Scotty, awful job by the fans. Yamamoto got lit up by the Marlins on Sunday, so all the fans went on social media and decided to annoy the wife. Uh, Always the way to respond to a bad performance by their favorite team's pitcher. Real cool.
3: Listen. I'm a lot different than the fans. I just want to say, I think you're smoking hot. Screw those fans. Stay hot. I like your look. Let's get together.
8: The Brewers snapped the Padres' nine-game winning streak, a 5-3 win at home last night. Blake Snell, not good, again, for the San Diego Padres. Here he is, Scotty saying he's got to figure
4: things out. This is a lot different than what I've ever been through. So, it's, I mean... I can be frustrated and get mad, but what's Great that shirt. I going to do? I don't know if that'd be you know beneficial. It's Aaron Rodgers like, in Hawaii. I like how the ball's coming out of my hands. <laughs> I like how I feel. I'm healthy. I feel strong. I feel like uh, you know the ball's coming out. Uh, the best it's really ever came out in a long time. So I I, I I'm not going to get mad at myself. I mean now it's little things: better sequencing, knowing the hitters, knowing why I'm throwing pitches in certain situations, knowing that the hitters are cheating the fastballs up. I can see it with how they're swinging, knowing that if you throw off speed to a guy to just strike it, he ain't gonna do nothing with it because he's cheating fastball. Like common sense stuff that I should be doing.
3: I think that was a great explanation of what his struggles are like. Look, this guy's a great pitcher, but you wonder if Tampa knew something when they got rid of him and let him go for a bag of peanuts to the Padres, I don't believe for a minute that that guy's done being a great pitcher. His stuff is filthy. I mean, he throws nasty as Garrett Cole. So I don't want to hear it. But uh, he did look like Aaron Rodgers in Hawaii with that shirt.
8: He did. That is an outstanding shirt uh, that your boy Blake Snell was wearing last night after the game. The Indians beat the Tigers 6-5. Twins over the Orioles 8-3. Mariners beat the A's 4-2. Kikuchi. Speaking of the A's, Kikuchi was on the hill for the Mariners last night. Um, speaking of the A's, of course, they are visiting cities. They want to get out of Oakland because they are not getting a new stadium. Well, the next stop on their list, Portland one of the potential cities, they are going to go tour Portland. Vegas or Portland? Vegas or Portland? I think I know what you would choose, Scotty.
3: I mean, honest to God, you got to be kidding me. Like, I've been to Portland. I love it. It's just a fantastic place. Great people. I've done live shows there. It's awesome. But it can't hold a candle to Las Vegas. I mean, are you kidding me? This decision is so easy. Vegas is the answer for the A's, just like the Raiders going to Vegas. Do they look unhappy? Do the Vegas Golden Knights look happy? Is there a player in the league that doesn't want to play for the Vegas Golden Knights? Is there a player in the NFL that isn't willing to go play for the Raiders even though they suck? No. Vegas is what's up. Portland is meaningless. I love you, Portland, but you're meaningless. You are meaningless. Stick to your basketball team. If the baseball team goes there, I will literally fall off a cliff. I mean, if you choose it's Portland over city. Vegas, you got to be on acid.
8: It's a great city, though, Portland. It really is. It's a great town. Uh, it's just it it's not Vegas. Uh, that That's just the bottom line. All right. We have, have uh, full beer. slate tonight. They have great beer in Portland, and that always works very well for me. Uh, full slate tonight. We have 15 games in Major League Baseball and some really good pitching matchups tonight. As well, Scotty, let's start with the Cubbies. In Pittsburgh at PNC against the Pirates, Arietta and Ponce. We've got the Cubbies minus 144 right now on FanDuel. The Phillies are down in Miami against the Marlins. Velasquez and Alcantara. Marlins minus 134. The Reds are in DC to take on Max Scherzer. The heavy lumber now up to minus 220 on FanDuel for them. That's Corey Kluber off of his no hitter last week. The Yankees come home against the Blue Jays. They have Steven Matz. Yankees minus minus 178, and the Braves into Fenway to take on the Red Sox. Charlie Morton and Garrett Richards, minus 108 each way at FanDuel right now.
3: I'm dangerous on Boston in that game uh, against Charlie Morton. I'm going to take the uh, Red Sox at Fenway merely because they're there. Garrett Richards has been decent. I think Charlie Morton's going to give him problems tonight. I'm on the Yankees and Kluber based on not the – no hitter, but based on his ERA, he's given up around 2.7 runs, right? And, you know, he's taken on a guy that is giving up four and a half runs. Uh, I'm going to go Scherzer. And then on that Phillies Marlins game, I'm on the Phillies in Miami to end their three game winning streak. And who's pitching for the Pirates? Ponce de Leon? I mean, honestly, <laughs> I'm all over Arietta and the Cubs tonight against the Bucks.
8: I will give you some Yankee notes that I just saw from the pregame. No DJ LeMahieu tonight. His wife is giving birth, uh, so he is not in the Yankee lineup. He will not be there. And John Carlos Stanton who was eligible to come off the I.L. today. Not quite ready yet, Scotty. He needs a little bit more time. So no stamp. Maybe a couple more Can't days they. and we can get him back in the mix.
3: I mean, honestly, <laughs> can they get the chick to hold off until like 11 or 12 tonight to have the well, baby? Can and, we just get the and game I saw in? That. And, and <laughs> it's,
8: it's not just him. I'm just Luke kidding. Luke Voigt. Luke Voigt's wife is expecting later in the week, so he's going to be out of the lineup later on. So, no DJ tonight. Oh, well, No Luke Voigt.
3: Hey, now listen, Amy, you know, maybe, you know, Voigt, when she has the baby, maybe that'll finally get him to have his first hit of his career since he's come back from injury. He can finally have a hit because he's been worthless since he's come back.
8: He's absolutely due. All right, Cleveland is in Detroit tonight. You've got Savali on the hill, minus 142 at Fandle. The Rockies once again against the Mets at City Field. Jacob deGrom. Back on Boom. the hill, and you're going to pay for it. Minus 250 Boom. at Fanduel. The Royals are in Tampa against the Rays, who have won 11 in a row. The Boom. Rays have Hill going. Minus 210 now at Fandle. The Orioles are in Minnesota with Jose Berrios on the mound. And the Padres in Milwaukee again. Musgrove against Corbin Burns tonight. Brewers minus 124.
3: You know, I don't think Musgrove's been great since his uh, no-hitter. I'm going to go Burns and the Brewers. Twins and Barrios. Rays, Mets, Indians. Indians are number one play tonight. Scherzer, number two.
8: And when we come back, Kershaw and Granke, the Dodgers and the Astros, Scotty. Tonight, they face off in Houston.
3: Listen, I'm taking the Astros because I think they hate each other's guts. Cover the last four games. I'm going to give you. I'm going to take the Cardinals over the White Sox on the south side of Chicago. I like the way Texas is playing right now. I'm going to take them over the Angels in Anaheim, and the A's at home over the Mariners. And give me the Giants on the streets in Zona. All right, we break it down here. Diana Taurasi going to miss four weeks, a month, with a fractured sternum. Ouch. Christian Pulisic, among names on the Team USA roster for the CONCACAF Nations League, whatever the hell that is. Uh, Iowa guard Jordan Bohannon recovering after suffering serious head injury and an assault. Sounds like somebody beat his ass somewhere. Can't have it. Kenny Mayne's final Sports Center run last night was hilarious with Aaron Rodgers. I still can't believe they got rid of that guy. Whoever made that decision should be fired. A-Rod cozies up to a young blonde on Instagram and writes, quote, New energy is emerging, end quote. He should have wrote, quote, new energy is rising, end quote. (laughs) A Al. Woman accused, she's 78, of embezzling millions from a North Carolina church. Hey, what's granny doing in that new Cadillac? (laughs) I love it. All right. At least five dead after an Italian cable car plummets from a peak. I mean, did you see the ski chairlift snap and they fell down like 50 feet and everybody died? That's brutal. First of all, why are they skiing in northern Italy? What is it, winter there? And then here you go, Larry Flint's Hustler Club in Vegas holding a pop-up vaccine clinic. You see the people standing in line going into the place, and there's just nothing but nude chicks on the wall. I mean, it is just fantastic. What a place to get your shot. Amazingly real Scottish sex robot introduces herself in an uncanny lifelike footage. Did you see the sex doll talking to you? I need one of those in my house. And Dan Dockage is now doing DoorDash deliveries in Indianapolis after losing tons of money betting on the NCAA tournament, and his family turned on it, his (laughs) wife and kids. So he went out to learn the value of a dollar, and he's now a food delivery guy. I have seen it all. Good luck with that. GTD is next I'll see you tonight on the bench Enjoy the hockey game Screw Kristen Jari
2: The only place to turn For expert sports gaming strategies And information But we just call it
5: Everybody in your crew identifies As either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets Or McCrispy Sandwich But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day